The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. This is Kimberly Show with Backwoods Oddities Haunted House in Waverly, Ohio, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, I'm Christine Salvati from Nightmare Acres in South Windsor, Connecticut, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> hey, this is Wickadella from Darkwood Manor in Luray, Virginia, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Jeff from Forever Midnight, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. As we enter headlong into mid-spring and deeper into the heart of build season, The Big Scary Show is doing its part by keeping you up to date on all the latest news information and everything to keep you entertained as you start laying out the plans for your haunts. Storm rants about seagulls and aliens in A Haunt Minute. Meat Hook Jim discusses Chinese tortures and executions in Between the Corpses. Badger brings you the latest in Deadline News. The Old Crone talks recruiting. There's a gruesome giveaway question for the month of May. We spend some rockin' tunes to keep you going as you work on your shows. And to top it off, Meat Hook Jim brings you a pair of interviews from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo in Columbus, Ohio. This episode, the Roundtable of Terror invites the next generation of haunt owners to discuss what it's like being a younger haunter. The guests range in age from 32 all the way down to 17. They discuss not only the trials and tribulations of being a young haunt owner, but also the correct ways to market to their demographic. You might want to tune in and find out their secrets. All this and much, much more. We hid the body, but you will become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show.
the Midwest Haunters Convention returns to Chicago for a weekend of spooky thrills, chills, and fun. Join fellow hunters from all over as they descend on the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, June 11th and 12th. There will be vendors, classes, workshops, seminars, a tour of the 13th floor haunted house, and don't forget the famous MHC costume ball. Don't forget the pre-convention haunted house bus tour on June 10th as they visit the massacre, basement of the dead, evil intentions, and Disturbia haunted houses. These tours are legendary and you should register today. Sign up for classes, buy tickets, and get more info for the 2022 Midwest Haunters Convention returning to Rosemont, Illinois, June 11th and 12th at MidwestHauntersConvention.com. That's MidwestHauntersConvention.com. Terror from under the house. It is in the basement of your home. You can hear it, and soon you will see it. Terror from under the house. Warning. Free. Free with every ticket. You must accept free screaming teeth of terror as a warning that terror from under the house might just scare you to death. Hemisphere Pictures presents Terror from Under the House. You may never go in the basement again. The Coffin Caddies. Zombies ate my neighbors. On the Big Scary Show.
and listeners, believe it or not, this is a joint podcast between the Big Scary Show and Wrestle Horror. We're here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, Columbus, Ohio. The floor is jam-packed. It's getting hard to talk to anybody. But we found a young lady who's willing to talk to us about her bizarre of things from the Orient. Tell everybody who you are and what, you, what, what you're selling. Hello, Namaste. This is Anima from Nepal. I have my dad, name is Jeff Newman, and my mom, name is Sanu Maya Dahal Kuratoki. We are all the way from Nepal, and we fly, it's like 28 hours, we fly all the way to America, and we have been doing this business for six years, all it is, and curiosity. I love this business, and last week we was in Indianapolis, and I love doing this business. I have been doing this business for almost four years. I started doing 2017, it's now 2022. I love doing business and I have found these two gentlemen. It's very nice and I'm very happy to, to talk with you guys and give you all time in my busy time. Thank you so much. And namaste. Thank you. <laughs> now, what kind of stuff do you guys have? I see you got a lot of wooden masks. Do you carve these and paint them yourself? We have tapestry. It starts from 25 to 30, it's gone. So we have a Big Max and we have singing balls, singing balls. I did demonstration and uh, one of his friends got a singing ball from me and she said it's reasonable price. So I'm very happy to be in this business. I love, I started doing business from when I was 10 in my country, Nepal. So I love doing this business. My mom has been in this business for 25 years. We just have online business, Sanu's Nepali Bazaar, and we do oddities and curious city. We do oddities and curious city, and we used to do Asian festival, community festival. Uh, yes, we do all festivals and oddities. Very cool. And what is your social media? Are you on social media where people can find I do, you? I do in Facebook. I just uploaded yesterday a video about making my Sanus Nepali Bazaar, uh, fixing my stuff yesterday, Friday. Very cool. Well, that's great. Uh, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us here. No problem. On not only Russell Horror, but a big scary show. Uh-huh. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank, Thank you, sir. you. See you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the earth. This is a haunt minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so as haunters, sometimes we, uh, you know, are accused of coming up with some really wild concepts, some really wild ideas, something really creative and off the wall. But, you know, we don't have them market cornered on that. 
No, not for wild ideas. Um, let's take, for example, UFO expert Nick Pope. Now, he's in the news currently because he's got a new theory and, and throwing something out there that, you know, he thinks that if aliens were around that they'd want to study us and spy on us with something inconspicuous, something we may never think could possibly be a spy and they'd have the technology and know how to do it. That's right, he thinks that aliens are spying on the human race using seagulls. Oh, yeah, it's taking the birds aren't real thing to a whole new level. No, it isn't the government with fake birds. No, it is aliens using seagulls because, you know, they're just everywhere. No one ever pays attention to them. And seagulls, you know, big enough that you could fit things into it to, to spy and, and take back the information to the mothership. Because, yes, that's exactly what aliens want to do, be watching people on the beach and from dumpsters and landfills. The aliens apparently must be just fascinated with our landfills. So yeah, seagulls, new thing to watch out for. If you're out there building your haunt, you know, see if there's a seagull staring in the window or, or you know, up in that spooky tree looking down on the maze that you're making it all your secrets and everything could be revealed as aliens are using seagulls to spy on your haunt until next time keep every minute scary tune in next episode for another haunt minute Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Hi folks, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 262. And unfortunately, we're going to start this one off with some sad news from one of our own. This comes to us via Tyler Kozer. It is with deep regrets to inform everyone that Tomac Baxick, the founder of Nethercraft and the first vacuum former in the haunt industry, passed away on Sunday, May 1st. At the time of this recording, the cause of death is unknown and I believe he was in his early 50s. For everyone who had the pleasure of meeting Tomac, knew his quirkiness, his endless stories of his life experiences, and fun spirit that would light up a room with laughter and sometimes leave more questions than answers. That fun spirit and quirkiness drove Nethercraft into a leading vacuformer with work around the world in all major amusement parks, hundreds of haunted houses, and even the Playboy Mansion. Rest in peace, Tomac Julian Baxick. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Tomac Baxick and offers up this moment of silence. On a lighter note, we have this update from HauntCon slash Fear Expo. 
coming to Owensboro, Kentucky. HauntCon and Fear Expo is giving away free booths during the month of May. All you have to do is go to their website and find out how. You'll be entered into a drawing for a free 10 by 10 booth at the 2023 HauntCon Fear Expo National Trade Show in Owensboro, Kentucky, March 24th through the 26th. Then tune in to Fear Expo Live on Thursdays in May at 8 p.m. Eastern during their Vendor Spotlight and Haunt Master Classes to see the drawings happening live. Vendor Space is on sale now through May 15th for $200 off. Sign up now, and if you win, your space is free. Fear Expo 2023 is happening March 24th through the 26th in Owensboro, Kentucky. And the link to sign up for this is fearexpolive.com slash reserve dash booth. Staying in Kentucky, we have this news from the legend at Pope Lick Haunted Attraction in Louisville, Kentucky. Our excitement got the best of us and we wanted to share the first of many announcements. We heard you. In 2021, we didn't have enough scary, so this year we're changing that in a big way. The first attraction for 2022, we are excited to announce, is an immersive horror experience that is blended with an escape game experience. This is a unique, ultra-scary attraction where you and your group will head into the dark woods armed with only a flashlight. There you will experience the tale of the infamous Pope Lick monster and try to solve the mystery behind his existence. During your experience, you will encounter interactive characters as you are hunted, by the Goat Man. Your goal is to solve the mystery before the Goat Man makes you his dinner. The clock is ticking. You have 60 minutes. This is not a traditional Haunted Woods experience. There will be no line and it will require advanced reservations. Because it is a very exclusive attraction, reservations are limited and will sell out. And your group will not be combined with other groups. This is an intense experience, and persons under 17 must be accompanied by an adult. More attraction announcements still to come. Keep up with updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash legend at Pope Lick. We have this from the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. The Winchester Mystery House opens all of its 2,000 doors on Friday the 13th, for an exclusive after-hours experience. The Friday the 13th Flashlight Tour is a self-guided evening tour that allows brave guests to explore the dark halls of the mansion while hearing unnerving stories of the home's haunted history. It is a rare chance to glimpse one of the world's most alleged haunted mansions at night alone. Tours from 8 to 11 p.m. on May 13th. Self-guided tours are one party at a time. The Winchester Mystery House staff will be available for questions and assistance along the tour route. Advanced ticket purchase is required as capacity is very limited. Tickets may be purchased online at winchestermysteryhouse.com. We have this from the Texas Terror Tours coming to Dallas, Texas. We are pleased to announce ticket sales are now live for the Weekend of Frights Dallas 2022, happening October 7th and 8th in Dallas. Featuring Dark Hour Haunted House, Cutting Edge Haunted House, JNF House of Terror, and Thrillvania Haunted House Park. See these amazing haunts in full October haunt season mode. 
Early bird pricing is going on now until June 15th. Hotel packages with staying at the Comfort Inn DFW and include breakfast and DFW airport shuttle. The hotel rate is good for Thursday through Sunday night. Tickets include VIP front-of-the-line access, a seat on the bus, and a swag bag with awesome sponsor swag and golden ticket prizes. Get more information at terrortours.rip slash texas. We have this from the Macabre Fair Film Festival coming to Lebanon, Tennessee. Things are heating up for the 2022 Macabre Fair Film Festival. There's still time to submit your film before the deadline. Enter today and your film could be shown on a 30-foot screen inside the historic Capitol Theater in Lebanon, Tennessee. The films and filmmakers are the stars at the Macabre Film Fair Festival. Freeway submission window closes May 21st. Submit your film at freeway.com slash Film Festival. Get more information about the film festival at macabrefairfilmfest.com. We have an update from Crypticon Seattle. We have another guest announcement. Big Daddy is becoming a welcome feature to Crypticon Seattle. We're happy to welcome actor Eugene Clark to the convention. He starred as Mufasa in Disney's The Lion King on stage in Toronto, as Horse in the Charlottetown Festival's production of The Full Monty, and starred as the lead zombie Big Daddy in George Romero's long-awaited Land of the Dead. Meet Eugene Clark and other celebrities May 20th through the 21st at the Doubletree Hotel SeaTac. Get more information at CrypticonSeattle.com. And finally, we have this sad news from Terror Labs in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. We have some sad news to share, scare fans. After six wonderful seasons of frightening people and helping the kids at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, Terror Labs will only be open two more days at their present location due to upcoming changes at the Coventry Mall. Rest assured, like the undead, we will rise again. The search is underway for new digs, but in the meantime, you can visit us for one final weekend at our original location, May 13th, and 14th. And be sure to sign up on the mailing list at terrorlabs.com to keep up to date with all the latest. Thank you for all the screams. That's terrorlabs.com. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, Email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt, target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions, as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Hi listeners, Meat Hook Jim here on this episode of Between the Corpses. It is a slow death in China. Of all the forms of capital punishment scar history, China's Ling Chi, or Death of a Thousand Cuts, has the mark of a psychopathic inventor. The condemned was tied semi-naked to a rough wooden cross while slivers of flesh were cut from the breasts, arms, and thighs. Attention was then focused on the joints followed by the amputation of fingers, toes, nose, ears, and limbs. The final denouement would be a stab to the heart and immediate decapitation. Sometimes an executioner would produce a large basket containing a collection of knives, each labeled with a body part. Blades would be pulled at random and applied accordingly. It was said that relatives of the victim would pay bribes to have the heart knife drawn first ensuring a merciful death. A death sentence usually meant beheading or strangulation, though Chinese authorities were not above the use of torture to secure confessions or statements. In his History of China, Portuguese traveler F. Alvarez Semedo writes of the Kia Quin, a version of the Spanish Iron Boot. It consists consisted of three pieces of wood. Between these, the feet are put, where they are squeezed and pressed till the heel bone runs into the foot. For the hands, they also they use also certain small pieces of wood between the fingers. They call them tenzu. Then they straighten the very hard and seal them around with paper so them leave them for some space of time. That's not me being drunk. That's how it's written. Another established torture method of kneeling on chains, as described in People and Politics of the Far East by Victorian travel writer Sir Henry Norman, prisoners were suspended by ropes tied to their thumbs and big toes and lowered onto a chain coil with sharpened links. An unlikely-sounding torture was reserved for monks guilty of fornication. A hole was bored in the monk's neck with a white-hot iron through which a chain was threaded. The wretched man then led, was led naked through the streets, whipped by his fellow monks every time he attempted to assuage his pain by lifting the chain. He was spared only when the monastery had amassed sufficient alms to cover his sin. 
More common was a variety of Europe's pillory, variously known as the Kangu Cha Orkea, in which a thick square of wood was fastened around the head with details of the culprit's crimes written alongside. Sentence could be for anything up to 30 days, during which time a criminal could die from thirst or starvation unless friends or relatives intervened. Throughout China's beatings were frequently employed using the bastinado, a length of bamboo which when applied lightly and rhythmically to the bare buttocks or feet of a victim could produce a surprisingly rapid hysterical reaction. It was said that during the Manchu dynasty, which ruled until 1912, bastinado torturers perfected their art on bean curd until they could hit a prisoner directly hundreds of times without drawing blood. In earlier times, Chinese rulers and their successors conducted mass executions of slaves or sacrifices or to create spiritual armies. The most gruesome evidence of the latter was discovered at Yingsu near Anyang, the ancient seat of the Shang Dynasty, where a carpet of human skulls was found amid the foundation of a wooden palace. And ladies and gentlemen, let's see how well you're listening to the show. It is time for the May edition of the Gruesome Giveaway, sponsored by ScreamlineStudios.com. It is now time to begin your haunt season shopping, so start at ScreamlineStudios.com. Pick out everything you need, and they will set you up. Now, folks, in April, we had an awful lot of people entering the contest, probably because it was our anniversary month. Let's keep that up by asking you a question here. The answer's in the show. We need you to email us that answer along with your name and your phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on Monday, May 16th, and you could be randomly selected to be the May winner. It's just that simple. So without further ado, the question for the May gruesome giveaway is... At the end of the round table of terror, I happen to mention that for the first time in a decade, a very unusual word was mentioned during the conversation. In fact, our guest used that word at least twice. What is this unusual word that was mentioned during the round table of terror. If you think you know the answer, email us that answer along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on May 16th. And again, you'll be eligible to win. Previous winners and family members of Big Scary Show are not eligible to win. And again, we want to thank ScreamlineStudios.com for providing us some tremendous prizes to give away every month here on The Big Scary Show. Good luck. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com 
Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show, which is now very proudly sponsored by HauntPay at HauntPay.com. For all your time ticketing needs, your virtual queues, and everything else you need to make your haunt more successful, HauntPay.com. Have Alex and his crew set you up today. Go check them out. But um, if you were listening to the last show where we were talking to several members of the HAA, it was revealed, and we've all admitted it, um, all the Koga hosts are old. We're old people. We do old people things, and that's just fine because, you know, hey, what else can we do? So we just wanted to prove that we're still young and hip and can identify with what the kids are thinking these days. And we wanted to talk to some younger haunt owners, definitely younger than us. And we certainly have some out there because, you know, you got to wonder some of these haunts that we've talked to over the past few years or 10 years, you know, some of them have been in business 25, 35, 40 years, you know, talk to somebody at Transworld who next year will be their 50th anniversary running their haunt. And whether or not it's the same person running it or not, you know. Who is the next generation of haunted house owners? Well, we've got a couple of them on here, and um, we put the word out, got a lot of people interested, but apparently at the time of this recording, not everybody was able to make it, but we do have a couple, and we're very proud to talk to them. So let's find out the next generation of haunters out there. We're going to start up in South Windsor, Connecticut with Nightmare Acres. We have Christine Salvati. Hello, hello. She is, well, I won't give her age. She can give it if she wishes. But she (laughs) is a co-owner and director of Nightmare Acres. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm not going to be self-conscious about my age. I don't care. I'm 32. (laughs) But a couple of your co-owners are also younger than you, correct? Yes, we're all pretty close in age um, within two or three years of each other, but yes, okay. we're a younger group. <laughs> so late twenties and early thirties. How long has nightmare acres been around? I believe I have to think about it. Cause we've moved locations <laughs> like a couple times. We'll come, we'll come back and ask that question. Well, I want to introduce I wanted our fifth, other fifth season. I'm going to say fifth, fifth season, season okay. because I'm skipping COVID because we did not open 2020. But I also want to introduce Kimberly Shell, who is with Backwoods Oddities in Waverly, Ohio. I believe we've had her dad on the show in the past. And I'm going to mention it because she can't stop me and she's still a minor. She is at the tender age of 17 and a co-owner and general manager of Backwoods Oddities. Kimberly, are you there? I am here. It is great to have you on the show. I know Jim has met you several times and he has worked with backwoods with 
training and other things. So he has basically watched you grow up around that haunted house. Yeah, he has. I've known him for, I don't even know how many years now. It's been 11. Yeah. And speaking of Jim and our other host, let's introduce our co-host out here up in Warwick, Rhode Island. We have Storm. Greetings from the most pathetic pirate hideout on the East Coast. We, we won't mention why you threw the pirate reference out there unless you want us to, but we can talk about that later. Uh, down in the aforementioned Ohio, Cincinnati area in particular, we have Meat Hook Jim. Oddities and curiosities. Oh, my. Yeah, you went to the show. We'll have to ask you how that went this past week. That, that, uh, that was a great show, I hear. Yes. And down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, another female haunt owner, owner of Banshee Manor. We have Jonna, a.k.a. the Old Crone. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. And welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. My name is Drew Badger. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have spent most of today outside. I'm probably shaking pollen off me as we speak, and there'll probably be a lot of sniffing and sneezing, but that's okay. We want to talk the next generation of haunt owners, and I'll start with Christine. Christine, um, I'm going to assume being a co-owner of a haunted house, you probably grew up in this industry. You probably went to a lot of horror movies as a kid and probably, you know, <laughs> big Halloween and all that stuff. How did you get started and how did it lead up to becoming a co-owner for Nightmare Acres? So I'm definitely not your typical haunter. I was uh, quite the opposite. I grew up in a very zealot Catholic family and I started actually with cosplay and a friend of a friend kind of situation at a haunt. They were looking for a makeup artist and I said, okay, sure. I'll, I'll fill in for a night. And um, it was a, actually a charity haunt up here in Connecticut. And um, I fell in love with it. It was a very, it was completely different than anything I really had been exposed to. And um, I fell in love with the haunt community. I fell in love with just like, I feel that it's a very open, um, open-minded, accepting community for the most part. And uh, y'all weird and I love it. <laughs> How did you wind up becoming an owner? I mean, you know, did you just go out and buy an existing or build an exist or build a new from scratch <laughs> or how did that happen? So um, the first haunt that I was a part of, I was called Dark Walk and I was one of the makeup artists and they, you know, the, the guys who were running it were realized, oh, hey, she does art things. And then I ended up doing set painting. And, you know, you just kind of get more and more involved. We lost our location there. And myself and the two other guys who ran are essentially by the end of Dark Walk were the two that were running it. We started looking for a new location. Um, we actually met another Anthony. Anthony Barbosa up here in Connecticut, who was also looking to start a haunted house. And we joined forces. And um, I essentially became the art department and one of the owners at the new, the new haunt we started up here. And the rest is history. And you've been there for four or five years? So this will be our fifth season. Yes. But you took a couple of years off for COVID, you said, before we Yes, started. we didn't open in 2022. So if my numbers are right, I've actually only been in this industry probably, I want to say eight years. Okay. 
So it was, I mean, I know a lot of people, they, you know, I've been saying, you know, they've been in this industry for 25 years. And so it moved very fast for a small time frame from going to, you know, zealot Catholic family to full blown. I run a haunted house, <laughs> but it's been great. It's been a great ride. I love it. I love every second of it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn back. No regrets. Don't Do you kid have yourself. Even what's that? Do you have another job? Um, so I, day did. Job? I was actually, a, I was actually a caretaker. Um, and now this, this past season, I'm officially part-time at the haunt. One of our other co-owners, he is full-time and I hoping the gold will be full-time after this season. So that's the goal to go full, full-time. And don't I kid yourself. Only... Whenever, whenever you get in a haunt attraction industry, even if you have a year in between or you're not associated with a haunt, you're still thinking about it. So you, oh, you, yeah. you you, you still got the 10, 11 years of full experience. Your, your brain never <laughs> stops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, it kind of felt like getting thrown in, <laughs> thrown into the lion's den and uh, survive. <laughs> I can only imagine how Thanksgiving dinner is with the very Catholic family and the. Ooh. <laughs> but before we get it, point of accepting it. Well, we don't need to get into that, but let's talk to Kimberly. <laughs> Uh, Kimberly, I know that uh, according to Jim and yourself, you basically grew up in the uh, haunted attraction industry, it sounds like. How did you get started and how did you make the transition to co-owner? So I pretty much grew up on horror movies and everything. My name is actually um, based off of the main character in the second Final Destination movie, which is kind of odd. So my parents have always been into that. So when I was around five, I was in Girl Scouts and they needed to do a uh, canned food drive. So my parents decided, hey, we have space. Let's just open a haunted house. And that's how we got started. And throughout the years with, you know, different things happening, I slowly kind of transitioned into taking care of things that needed to be taken care of until it was official that I was the manager. And me and my dad work very closely, and we are both co-owners together. And my mom helps sometimes, too. So it's pretty nice. Keeping it in the family. Yeah. Kimberly, I want to ask you, how is it, um, you know, being a manager over a lot of people who are older than you? Are they accepting of you? It's, it's rough. I have, um, I have some actors that want to argue with me about the way that things should be done because they think that because they're older that, you know, they know what's best, but also there's this weird spot of like, this will be my 12th year in the industry. So I think I have a little bit more knowledge of at least the haunt industry over a lot of my older actors. That's definitely got to be a little bit you know interesting you know you got somebody with you know i've been an actor for 10 years i've seen it all no you haven't and and here's why (laughs) so i can need to see pat yeah they need to see past your youth and be respectful of the amount of experience and i know that's a a delicate um dichotomy for a lot of people to figure out it definitely is but it has got to give you a lot of great self-confidence to, oh, yeah. um, to what you have succeeded in doing at such a young age. 
and that's only going to be successful going forward. Yeah, I, I consider myself a very accomplished person. I mean, even outside of the haunt industry, like I'm a competitive archer, competitive makeup artist. I've been published in magazines and books and, you know, I have no issue with like, oh yeah, I can do it. That's fabulous. Uh, now, Jim, I know you have mentioned her name for years and years and years. How have you seen it from somebody who's just kept coming back to the show as far as, you know, seeing how she runs things and runs things the next year and the next year? How, uh, how has that been for you? Well, you know, I feel like I at least had a little bit of a part in that. Um, but she was six years old the first time I trained Backwoods Oddities. And let me tell you something. When Alan showed me her in character in her place, she was creepy as hell. I'm, I'm no lie. And uh, it was Susie Soul Stealer, isn't it, Kim? Uh, Susie Soul Keeper. Soul Keeper. I knew I was close. Um, and just, I mean, Alan put her face on one of the first shirts I got from him. But to, to watch her grow over the years, and there's been a couple of years I haven't been there and this, that, and the other. But for the most part, I've been there the better part of these past 11 years. And I watched her grow from being an actress in the same room with her mom to doing her own thing in a different room to now, to now running this haunt. And, you know, one time I was supposed to talk to her for the show a couple of years ago, and she was just so busy that there was no time to do it. And I was just smiling and admiring the work she was doing because she was doing very well. People were coming up to her and she was firing things off. Like she'd been doing this for 20 years. You need to do this. You need to do that. I'll take care of this. Kim's got it under control. So as far as, you know, and John touched on it too, not just with actors or people working for you guys, but do both of you or either of you have trouble you know, like with the permitting people or the fire marshal, as far as, well, you know, I can't take you seriously. You're, you're too young to be a haunt owner. I mean, have you, have you ever run into any kind of problems with the logistics, you know, the, the building permits and the, the whatever kind of stuff you've had to do, or do you, um, do you not have that as an issue? Uh, with me being a minor, that's like, I can't do any of that on my own. So that's pretty much like in my dad's hands until I'm like official owner. So can't really comment on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and, as, and perfectly legal for you to say that too. So, <laughs> um, As for us, I, I'm not usually the one who has to deal with that, that stuff. But um, like I said, uh, my two co-owners are both around the same age. And, you know, honestly, everyone, for the most part, um, has been very reasonable. And if they weren't, and I don't think it was because of our age, um, I would say that's more of a, a them problem. But um, no, for the most part, um, our fire marshal especially has really, really works with us. Um, it's a new building inspector this year, but so far everything has gone smoothly. Um, so no, uh, everything has been good so far. You'll, you'll have your issues. I'm sure at some point because. Oh, we have. Haunt, every, but, uh... <laughs> every haunt does. So if, if you're not having issues, you're not doing something right. Apparently. 
But, um, <laughs> so is there a stereotypical youth challenge that you guys have faced, you know, like working with the other people in your haunt, if they, you know, automatically just said, oh, well, make her do um, TikTok because she's young. She must know TikTok. So have you faced any of that within your haunt careers? Oh, I can't say that I have personally, just because our whole group is young. Um, honestly, even most of our, we have, you know, on our staff, we do have some older people, but for the most part, our staff ranges, you know, in the twenties and thirties. Um, and then my, the people I work with on a regular basis, we're all around the same age. So we all kind of had the same exposure, um, life exposure, I guess you could say. And, you know, we do try and keep everything fair and even, and, you know, everybody pulls their weight. Everybody does have their strengths and weaknesses, obviously, but we know that. And we, for the most part, are good at knowing what our, you know, our job is, our role is within the business. So. Uh, in my situation, I'm not necessarily expected to like expected to tell people how to like use TikTok or anything like that but it's more of a I have the knowledge and I'm willing to share it because I'm in a position to share it so I don't I don't necessarily mind that because it's you know I'm young I have the knowledge I'm into it so I don't mind people expecting me sometimes and there's not really stuff that people expect me to know how to do because I you know, with my parents both being in their 40s, I'm kind of out of the loop on teenager stuff. I'm more into like, like, you know, adult stuff. <laughs> I watch the Muppet show, like the 1970s Muppet show, because that's what I do. You know the good stuff then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Kimberly, even your parents are younger than I am. So I am definitely feeling very old. Um, but I want to ask you guys, um, now we we were growing up in the seventies, whenever haunted attractions were just starting. You know, I used to go to the JC's in the seventies, you know, with my family. And that's where I first fell in love with haunting. Drew has been haunting since the seventies, but you know, we were more, I, I want to say simple scares, um, a different type of scare. Uh, haunted houses were much simpler then. Um, now sometimes it's like, People want more and more gore. Um, Christine, you talked about, you know, doing a touch haunt and things like that. How do you think the newer generation or the younger generation of haunters um, compare to the old school type of haunting? Are you, are you more in tune with the younger generation wanting more gore and more um, extreme haunting? No, actually, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I will say that, you know, the older haunters, not with everybody, but with some of them, there's definitely, it's definitely a different style of haunting, I will say. Um, and I think because we're younger, we grew up, you know, we grew up with, you know, CG and movies. We grew up with in the amount of, you know, sex and gore that we were exposed to at a younger age. You know, everything is a little more grisly, I would say. So it's almost like they, the younger um, customers that come through, they're desensitized, I feel. So in order to scare them, you either have to get very, get in their heads psychologically, or then, but to scare them via shock value, you know, the bar keeps getting raised and raised and raised. So 
I would say it's definitely a different style of haunting than it used to be. I don't think either style is wrong or either style is bad or, you know, because as a business, you do have to appeal to a wide variety of audiences. Um, we did, we do a touch night. Uh, we do a touch weekend and it is definitely, I think a little more popular with the younger, you know, we, we obviously you have to be, um, you know, legalities aside and have all of that good stuff. Um, it's, it does appeal to a slightly younger crowd than say the general, um, attraction does. Um, they like that, you know, we're pushing the envelope. They like that. It's something new and different in Connecticut. Um, the touch night events have not become as prevalent yet. Um, I totally do see it going in that direction. I think more haunts will pick it up. Um, but right now we're one of the few who do it. So it's very popular with the younger crowd and it, it does push the bar, it does push the envelope. And I think they like that. They want that. They want to see something they haven't seen or experienced because in this day and age, you know, immersive experiences are becoming the new trend. It, they want that realism. They want that, that extra wow factor. Um, it's getting harder and harder to impress people almost, you know? So um, yeah, I would say that would be my take on it. I've always said, you know, I train actors and so does Jim and things that used to scare us back in the day. Don't scare people these days. You know, you, you could get away with a haunt in the eighties or the nineties filled with Freddy's and Jason esque types you know, jumping out and going, Bleh! and to a point that still works. But, you know, you, when you when you've been seeing that and you've exposed to it at age six, as opposed to maybe seeing it, you know, as a 19 or 20 year old for the first time in a movie or on TV. And let's face it, some of the TV shows that are out there now or probably would have gotten an R rating back in the 70s or 80s and stuff. So, like you said, you go, you begin desensitized and jaded. And I always ask people, I mean, what's going to scare people in 30 years? You know, Freddie's comic relief. Jason's not scary. Michael Myers is not scary to your demographic. Still scary to people like me to a point, but um, you know, what, what scares a, an 18 year old in his date nowadays versus what was being done back in the nineties or the eighties even. So, yeah. I mean, I think that, having those icon char characters will always have entertainment value because they're timeless. But I, I agree. I don't think people are scared of them like they were back then. Well, that's because they didn't have enough dirt. You know, you look at Michael Myers from the original Halloween, you know, his jumpsuit pristine just came from the dry cleaners. You look at it now it's covered in dirt. You, so that's, that's a big thing. You need more dirt. Haunts are dirtier and darker. Um, is that something, is that something, you know, especially you as a creative director, uh, is that something you gotta be aware of? And, you know, do you find you gotta make things darker and dirtier than even you would with, with your taste, or is that go right along with it, with your, uh, youth, youthful experience? <laughs> um, well, I mean, my per, I know everybody has, especially, you know, the art people in this industry, everyone has their own style. Some people like clean. I'm personally more grungy. I like grunge. I like grime. I want it to look like decrepit and old and just, just gross. Um, 
so that is goes right with my style of haunting. Um, I make costumes too, actually, and I don't like a clean costume. I don't like a clean clown. I don't like a clean Michael Myers. Like it has to be grungy. It has to be grimy. It has to be have grit. You know, um, that's my style. <laughs> murdering, so. murdering is uh, you know it's dirty business. You yeah, have some grunge in there. <laughs> yes. Kimberly, how about you? What scares 17-year-olds these days? And and don't say student loans, but um, <laughs> um what do I you know, guys get scared of? I know personally for the longest time I was afraid of chainsaws. Now I love them, I work on them. So that was that was a big personal growth for me. But I find a lot of the kids my age are afraid of not knowing what's gonna happen which I think all fear is based off of ignorance and not knowing what's going to happen. But the fact that they can piece together only half of the puzzle drives them crazy. When you say half the puzzle, what does that mean? So if they can see that like someone's been murdered here, but they can't tell what by or who did it, but there's a bunch of people around them and a bunch of things that could be weapons drives them crazy. I want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror, sponsored by HauntPay. Here on The Big Scary Show, we are talking with young haunt owners, Kimberly Shell and Christine Savate, or Salvati, along with our normal co-hosts. We're going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking to Kimberly Shell and Christine Salvati, both younger haunted attraction owners, the next generation of haunt owners, and getting their insights on what the kids are doing these days. That's what us older people would say. But um, we had some questions during the break pop up. So, uh, Jana, what was uh, something that you wanted to bring up with our guests that you mentioned um, during the break? <laughs> now I've forgotten what it is because I'm so old. You know, I'm, I'm half senile. <laughs> um, what was my question? Let's see. I wanted to know. Demographic. Um, yes, your demographic. Thank you. <laughs> your demographics that are coming through your haunt, like, I have problems with the um, like the 13, 14 or year old boys being pains in the butts. Um, how do you deal with the, you know, what's your demographics coming through and how do you deal with them? Um, for us, the biggest pain in the ass, I would say, is the 18 to 22 year old boys. Um, they, uh, for us, they're, we have, quite a bit of security at our haunt they're past the age where the you know security badge intimidates them and they're at the point where 
you know, a lot of them, they come with girls and they feel the need, I don't know, to either show off to their friends or impress their, these girls that they're with. And they are mouthy. They are punks. They are, you know, and it seems the louder they are, the more vocal they are about how masculine they are, the more <laughs> of a bitch they are. <laughs> Not to be sexist, but they, um, they scare the best when you can actually get them. They're the ones who, you know, scream bloody murder, genuinely scream bloody murder. If they, if you can get that scare, um, <laughs> they're punks, absolute punks. <laughs> I tend to have a lot of uh, families come through. Not like, not like with their younger, younger kids, but we do get the occasional younger kids, but it's mostly like the, like the 12 to 14, 15 years old, and uh, the kids will give me troubles, and then I will, like, you know, try to set them straight, and then the parents are the ones that always snap back at me. It's never the kids that try to fight with me. It's always the parents trying to protect their kids, because they don't realize that this place is not a playground. You cannot just let your kids run free and do whatever they want. Do you have that trouble with the parents taking you seriously, even though you say you're the GM, or you know, one of the owners of the haunt, and they're like, oh, you couldn't be. You must be an actor or a makeup artist or something like that. If I have that issue, I tend to just get my assistant manager, tell him what's going on, because he's um he's in his 30s, and I'll be like, hey, dude, they won't listen to me. It's your turn. And uh, that tends to work. Not exactly the best solution to it, but it works. Those Is it a guy you said? It is a guy, yeah. Yeah, that makes a difference too, unfortunately. Yeah, being a woman does definitely make a difference. Um, yeah. It's now there are some advantages, girls, once you get older, because people do tend to be a little bit more respectful to an older person. I have a strong personality and I have a commanding voice, and so I usually get respect. But that is one of the things that when you get older, it becomes a little bit easier to get people to pay attention to you and listen to you whenever you have to get on to someone. Um, like a parent's not going to talk back to me <laughs> because, because, because I'm more like their parents age. So doing that would be, you know, like them disrespecting their own parent. Um, so that Kimberly, that will get better as you get older. Yeah, but Kimberly and you and everyone and Christine can also say, that's it. You're out of here. And security will <laughs> call them off too. So they still don't listen but, to me sometimes uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm five foot, I'm five feet tall. First of all, that doesn't help me. You know, I'm female and uh, I have to usually get one of the guys. <laughs> I don't know. One of those, one of those toils and troubles you have to go through, not only as a young aunt owner, but obviously as a female, which, which comes with its own set of issues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. But before we get into that conversation, which we probably should not have here, um, I wanted to ask you guys, because you are of a younger demographic, and, and every winter, usually in January or February, we have Dick Terhune on, who's also from Connecticut, by the way. Oh, we're good friends with Dick. We love, I worked with him at Dark Walk. He worked at Dark Walk with me. Oh, very nice. He's wonderful. And, you know, his, his whole thing on advertising is amazing and, and everybody should go and see him teach that. But, you know, 
he's an older guy. Does he really know? Yes, he does. He has a lot of experience, but does he really know how to get the kids to the haunt these days? I mean, you guys are the demographic that everybody wants. Everybody wants somebody between the ages of 18 to 34, for the most part, buying tickets to the haunt, buying the T-shirts and the hot dogs and, and the, the souvenirs and whatever. What is bringing people into haunted houses these days? Is it billboards? Is it radio? Is it TV? Is it online? This TikTok, MySpace, Facebook, whatever. What is, what is the best advertising that you guys know that works because you're in that demographic? Um, for us, uh, social media has been our bread and butter. Facebook specifically. Uh, we have an Instagram. We're not as active on Instagram, but I can, I know haunts that have been ex- incredibly successful on Instagram. You have sure. to have that. It's crucial. You have fantastic imagery. You need to have an excellent photographer. You need to, who can edit also, you know, photography is only half of it. Um, because the younger generation is very um, visually driven. They want to see those, 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 wow pictures um so for us we mostly use facebook and we like to actually give do raffles or you know ticket giveaways where we make we ask them not to like but to share and they have to comment because every time you comment you know it's more exposure for your post we've done fantastic with social media uh, we're probably going to work a little more on doing the tick, uh, TikTok um, because, again, our demographic is on TikTok. Uh, I hate to say it, but social media, I mean, you're now looking at, you know, 30s and up. I grew up with Facebook, but it's not, you know, the hot thing anymore. TikTok is an Instagram, I would say, are um, more popular. So that's our I method. Valid- I have validated myself from last week's comment. Yes. Uh, Kimberling, <laughs> have you ever had, you know, arguments with your dad on advertising or has he ever asked, you know, what, what should we advertise or how should we advertise this year? Because, you know, you're, you're that prime demographic, I would assume. Most of the time, it's just kind of like both of us are like, yeah, I, I think it's time that we make a TikTok page because, you know, everyone's always talking about TikTok. Everyone's always talking about Instagram and stuff like that. We primarily use Facebook, but we do have an Instagram and a TikTok. As much as no one wants to talk about it, TikTok's actually great for advertising. And uh, we also go to uh, local events. Like, uh, we do have a Halloween festival that happens every October. And we'll go there, we'll get a crew, and we'll get them all up in costume and give them flyers and candy to hand out and Word of mouth is amazing for uh, advertising, not just social media and stuff like that. Just getting a community that's willing to talk about it's amazing. We haven't, we're going to be more active at promo events, but we used to do a lot of promo events with Dark Walk. And uh, we have a 66 Bonneville hearse. And it is... I know I love that baby, <laughs> but really going out with the hearse and people in character, we would go to car shows, um, parades, parades are a great bang for your buck for advertising. 
people, especially if you have any kind of iconic vehicle or iconic float, people remember, they, they remember, and especially, you know, and then they may not, you know, remember your name specifically, but they'll go look up haunted house in, you know, whatever county or state you're in, and they'll find you. So that's, it, I know that's old school, but it still works. 66 Bonneville. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you guys had any, uh, do you guys have any special tricks for recruiting, especially younger actors in the, you know, I don't know if you hire at a particular age, if you have to be 18 or 16 or 21 or anything, do you have any tips and tricks for people as what's the best way to recruit? We prefer 18 and up, but we will accept interviews for um, 16 to 18 year olds. Uh, you know, it depends on the person, if they're younger, if they seem responsible, if, you know, trustworthy. We do our hiring on Indeed. We've done great on Indeed and Facebook. Facebook has a whole job section. Um, both of those have worked great for us. I would have never thought of advertising on Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think we get 50% off of Indeed. Wow. Yeah. I do look on Indeed sometimes when I'm looking for hiring news and it's out there. So, and their job descriptions are most of the time more descriptive than they are on Facebook or other sites. Mm -hmm. so. Your description is important too. I think that with those, oh, if yeah. you sound, I found that if you sound too formal, it, you know, it scares off younger people. <laughs> um, I think in the haunt industry, at least with us, with our actors, we have a lot of neurodivergence who aren't necessarily, um, you know, they're shy. So if that, you know, job posting sounds super official, if it doesn't sound inviting, then it scares them off. How about you, Kimberly? Do you do any recruiting? We tend to do everything just by meeting people that are interested in it or people that like have a friend that's wanted to do it for forever. It's really hard to like, you know, put a job listing for a volunteer thing. We don't pay any of our actors. We are completely volunteer charity, all of that. So it's really hard to list a job, but if you talk to someone and they sound, you know, cool and they're like, Hey, you know, I've always wanted to like, try that. Or like, you know, come on out, try it for a night or two. If you like it, stay. If you don't like it, we're not going to force you to stay. Uh, a lot of our actors have brought out their families. So we have families of actors, not just, you know, one or two and their buddy. It's like entire families. And it is like the coolest thing ever to be. Any other questions from the hosts? Um, yeah, might as well as ask, you know, no matter how long you've been in the haunt industry, there's always something which, you know, might surprise you and you might have to really learn something new and change something just from experience. What's an example of that in your career that you've seen with the haunt industry and you've seen something and go, oh, well, I, I need to change and I've learned from this and, and do something different. Uh, Kim, if you want to do uh, you first? I tend to okay so when it comes to things that i need to change it's always how like props are made and like mechanical stuff not necessarily you know my people skills or anything like that because a lot of we make a lot of our props but a lot of people buy their props and i'm to the point now where i can like look at a prop and i can be like i know how that's made i can do it 
So it's a lot of looking how or looking at how things like used to be made and just updating them to make them more, uh, I don't want to say stable, but uh, like stronger where they can take the beating of, you know, being worked however many times a night. Yeah. It also depends on how your actors will do that and use props. I, I, I used to think I'd make the simplest props. You, you just press this button and it lights up. And then, you know, halfway through the thing, you'd walk by, it's not lit up. Oh, I didn't know there was a button. But no, I can't make it simpler. So oh, yeah, I definitely there. get that with the props. Yeah. And it's, it's no matter what age your actor is and what they're doing, they will surprise you with something like that. You know, I've, we had one, one year want us to fill in a hole in the middle of the outdoor haunt because you kept stepping in it. We're like, walk around it. <laughs> uh, Christine, what about you? And uh, any big experience things you've learned over your years? Um, I would say two major things stand out to me. The first would actually be not necessarily anything to do with the industry itself, but um, being, ex mo I'm mostly referring to my actors, my staff, being exposed to so many different types of people from so many different walks of life and being understanding that, you know, everybody's got something going on in their life and learning essentially how to, to manage that, how to deal that with that, you know, cause you have people with all types of problems and, you know, this industry definitely, like I said, attracts neurodivergence and um, I myself am one, that's fine. So it's great learning about other people's experiences, but also, you know, finding your, your tribe essentially at the same time. Um, I've loved, I've loved meeting people. I've loved learning about my crew. Um, so that was a big one. And then I would say I've been an artist all my life, but I love this industry because it's as an artist, I feel it's really important to stay humble because you always have something to learn. And I love how this industry is so open and sharing. They, they, they don't, most of them don't hesitate to share how something is made, how they did something, how they achieved that effect. And, um, I've just met some wonderful people in this industry who have, you know, essentially been artistic coaches, so to speak. You know, I can call them up and be like, Hey, I'm doing this. How do I, how do I do this look? And that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I can't say that I've met anyone else in an industry that can say that about their industry. It, it's all very, been very eye opening for me. And that's great. Any other questions from the hosts? Yes. Kim, they want to hear the prom story. <laughs> okay. So for a while now, I have been talking about how when I go to prom, I'm going to do it Carrie themed. So that's where I started. I had my pink dress. I had the blood on it and everything. And then my boyfriend was gracious enough to get the baby blue suit to be Tommy. So we matched. It was really cute. That's awesome. And then, uh, my my hearse is currently not running, so I had to borrow my dad's girlfriend's hearse to uh, go to prom. And uh, we used the casket out of my hearse to pull me out of it. So I just stepped out when I showed up. It was great. A lot of people took videos. 
And then at a certain point in the night, my drama club teacher, who I like, I love him to death. He's like one of the best people ever. He saw me and he decided that it was time to do the time warp. I, other than him, was the only person in the room that knew how to do the time warp. So there just became a circle of people around me while I did the time warp all by myself. And it was the best moment of my life. Better than my prom, that's for sure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I know I know that the public education system is is dropping the ball whenever high school students are leaving their their high school and not knowing how to do the time work. We need right? to get a Congress on that or something. Kimberly, <laughs> what are your plans for after graduation? You've got, are you a junior or senior this year? I am a junior at a vocational school. Okay. So what are your plans um, for after, after you graduate? So uh, currently I am in a cosmetology program. So by the end of my senior year, if everything goes right, I will be a licensed cosmetologist. So I will be able to do makeup, hair, nails, all of that. I'm not a prissy blonde girl, I swear. But uh, my plan is to use my education to be able to go and do special effects for like magazines and movies and stuff like that. Because, you know, with the licensing, that's, that's the biggest thing. I already have technique and all of that down and there's always room to learn. It's just... I need the licensing to make me official. That's awesome. Oh, one, one thing Kim didn't mention about her prom story is it was last night. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I only, I only knew about it because I ran into her dad at the oddities and curiosities expo. That's awesome. I think my favorite part of it was her hearse wasn't running. So she had to use <laughs> dad's girlfriend's hearse. Oh, okay. So, you know, I, I don't want to know how many hearses are, are in your immediate area, but it's a lot more than are in mine right now. And that, that makes me sad. <sighs> One day. Um, any final questions looking at the clock? We probably should start wrapping this up before too long. We definitely want them to talk about their haunts and everything, but uh, any final questions before we start winding it down? Uh, yeah, quick one. <clears throat> what are you looking most forward to in the 22, uh, 2022 haunt season? And uh, Christine, if you want to do that one first. <laughs> well, we tore down 50% of our attraction this past year. So we're starting with so much new stuff. Uh, we're incredibly excited. Uh, the original build, what was there, that was there was from when we first moved over there when we first started. So I feel like we've grown so much since then. Um, I'm incredibly excited for it. Very, very excited. We're changing up. We have a hub area that we're also adding, um, make it more of a fun party experience in the hub area where customers wait. Um, It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. And uh, Kimberly, what about you? Where are you looking forward to this season? This will be my last season as a secondary owner. Next year, once I turn 18, I will be our primary owner. And instead of my dad being over top of me, I will be over top of my dad. And I am so excited for that. Congratulations. That's awesome. I don't think he's as excited, but that's not my problem, (laughs) is it? (laughs) Well, running on that one and not not to go too much with it, you know, one thing you just made me think of, 
is there anything you felt like you've missed in your haunt career with excelling from, you know, a, a young age and, you know, just doing the Girl Scout can good actress yard haunt to, you know, being an owner like that. Is there sometimes you go, Oh, I, I wish I could just be an actor tonight. I've, I've definitely had those nights where I've looked at everything and I've been like, I've had so much on my plate. Like if any of you guys need me, no, you don't find someone else. I'm not doing it. And then like a couple minutes later, I'll just go back to what I was doing, but I definitely need to work on uh, scheduling like break nights for myself where I'm just like tonight, I'm just an actor. No one get a hold of me unless it's like a dire emergency. Cause I think some nights I am like running myself to the bone, just not being able to take any time to breathe. Burnout is a real thing in the haunt industry. And, you know, some people learn that their first year, some people learn that their 30th year. So yeah, you got to take time for yourself and make sure it's always fun, no matter how old or what year you're doing it. Yep. Kimberly, have you been able to make it to trans world yet? No, I have not. It's always around the same time as my state archery tournaments. But once I'm out of archery, I am ready to go. Oh, it's like Candyland for haunters. You're going to love it. <laughs> it's, it's in February this year. Is that going to help you this next year? I'm not sure. I'll have to look at how scheduling for my archery tournaments go because they always schedule the state tournaments and stuff really weird. But I would love to go. I've been to uh, I've been to HauntCon and I have been to uh, Midwest Haunters. I was going to say, how frustrating is it growing up knowing that trans world is exists? First of all, when you're six, seven, eight years old, I assume you knew, and and not being able to go until you were sixteen, at the very youngest. And I think they've changed that age requirement now, but you know that had to be somewhat frustrating. Oh yeah, it's always drove me crazy that there's always going to be conventions that I have to wait to go to, but I'm getting very close to the age of like. Oh, I can just go to like all of these now. Any final questions? That being said, let's, uh, let's go to the part of the show we'd like to call the plugs, where we basically talk about your haunt. Tell us a little bit about your haunted attraction. What are the websites? What are the you know, social media sites? Um, if you're doing a halfway to Halloween, or if you're doing a Friday the 13th, or if you're doing something off-season before the Halloween season starts... Let us know, or if you know opening night, let us know that. Let's start with Kimberly. Tell us about Backwoods Oddities. How can people get more information, the social medias, and when are you when are you going to be open? So as of right now, we are opening September 1st, and we are open every Friday and Saturday night in October. September, or not September 1st, I meant to say September, what is that, 30th? I think it's the 30th or 31st, one of those. Uh, our website is bwohaunt.com. Most everything is under Backwoods Oddities Haunted House or BWO Haunt for our social medias. Okay, I believe uh, September 30th is a Friday or Saturday this year. I can't remember. So, I think okay. it's a Friday because I know I know the first is the Saturday. I just cannot okay. remember if it's September 30th or 31st for that Friday. There's Backwoods no is with days. a Z, right? Yes. Because I was just looking it up. So it's backwoods with a Z instead of an S. That's so 80s. I love it. But uh, Christine, tell us a little bit about Nightmare Acres. When are you open? Tell us about it. And how can people get more information and all the um, 
all the social medias? Um, so we're an outdoor attraction, um, trail walk with, you know, sets you'll go through. Uh, we are open the first weekend of October through uh, Fridays and Saturdays. Um, and most Sundays, we don't do all Sundays. Our last weekend is the first weekend of November. And that's our um, touch weekend. So. And what happens during your touch weekend? Is this one of those sign a waiver things? People can yes. grab you and all that stuff. This is a sign a waiver um, where the actors, we do glow sticks. It's touch optional where the glow stick actors will touch you. Um, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> we like that. Well, you know, folks, old folks like me and even older folks like Meat Hook Jim, it's, it's so nice to see the younger generation coming up and, you know, running these things because, you know, we're not getting any younger and, you know, dads might sell it down to their kids or granddads or something like that. And it's nice to know that a lot of these are being left in really good hands and hopefully Nightmare Acres and Backwoods Oddities will continue for decades to come frightening everybody. It, it sounds like they're, they're just going to continue being really, really scary, and, and we love it. But we'd like to thank our guests one more time, Christine Salvate of Nightmare Acres up in South Windsor, Connecticut, Kimberly Shell with Backwoods Oddities in Waverly, Ohio. Thank you so much for coming on the Big Scary Show's Roundtable of Terror. We also couldn't do this without our great hosts, including Storm. I'm happy this conversation really didn't make me feel older, like sometimes with my nieces <laughs> when I got explain what, you know, uh, film negatives are or anything like that. You know, I, I feel a little better with that. But, uh, you know, to answer Badger's question at the beginning of the show, um, you know, the pirate thing has to do with my home defense pirate sword and nothing to do with the eye patch I'm sporting at the moment. <laughs> okay. Couldn't do this without Meat Hook Jim either. You see this? No, we can't. It's radio. I know, but you can see it right now. <laughs> oh, you're muted. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, I I'm, can't. Does that mean I'm? Ooh, does that mean I'm almost number one? You're halfway there, buddy. I'm, I'm just one more finger over, and we're good. Yeah. <laughs> also, would like to thank Jana, aka the Old Crone. The future is looking bright for the haunt industry, ladies. It's been a joy. Thank you for having us. It's been fun. Yeah, thank is, you so much. My name is Drew Badger, and I would like to say that not only is this the first time we've ever had the phrase neurodivergence used on the roundtable, but it was used <laughs> twice, and that is that is an amazing thing to have. Come on, that's, that's a young people word. You got to know. Oh, multiple uh, syllables and used correctly. Does not happen on our show all the time. Or you <laughs> ever. I, I, I had to look it up. You kids and your old, big, lots of syllable words. Uh, get off my lawn. This is the Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show.
haunted house owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Dolly Van Gogh, the demon on the big scary show.
$2 million in junk is missing, and somebody's trying to hang it on McHugh. Santiago's collecting a murder squad. McHugh's got a job. If he can't do it with the law... You're off the investigation, Lieutenant. He'll do it beyond the law. All right, man. Come on out. We know you're in there. You've seen tough cops before, but you've never seen a cop like McHugh. McHugh is everybody's target. You've never seen John Wayne before, like this. Wayne on wheels in McHugh from Warner Brothers. Rated PG. All ages, parental guidance suggested. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> Most of you have your floor plans all ready for the new season. And now is the perfect time to start building this year's team. I like to have a kickoff party for my current staff to share with them new plans and ideas and characters and get them excited about the upcoming season. This is the perfect time to get commitments as to who is returning so you know how many new people you need to hire. Now you need to get the word out that you're hiring. Many Han owners agree that it's never too early. Make sure you update your social media and website so anyone interested can easily contact you. If you have age limits or special qualifications, make sure that's known as well. Put up your calendar for show dates so the applicants can make sure they're available for all the shows. Something new I'm trying this year is enlisting my returning staff to help recruit new staff by offering a recruiting bonus. Anyone they recruit who is hired and works at least 75% of the season earns a $50 bonus at the end of the season. Recruit two people, earn $100, and so on. This helps you out in a few ways. Your staff will be sharing their excitement about your haunt. Hopefully, they will be asking people they know will be a good fit, therefore doing the screening process for you. Plus, because they will have money at stake, they will be encouraging their recruit to show up and do a good job. When you're doing your marketing events during the year, make sure you're recruiting too. And I always try to carry business cards with me because you never know when you meet someone who would be a great scare actor. I've learned the hard way that you can't wait until September to start looking for new employees. Find them now. Get them involved and excited to be a part of the team. And you'll be ahead of the game whenever it's crunch time. Oh, I see the fire is burning down. So until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. 
1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Greetings, viewers and listeners. Meet Hook Jim here. Not only for the Russell Horror Podcast, but also the Big Scary Show. We are here at the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. Columbus, Ohio, in the Bricker Building, and we've got the organizer of this event, Michelle. Michelle, the turnout has been fabulous. Yes, it's, it's been a really, really great day. <laughs> it's good Very to be busy. back. Yeah, it's good absolutely. to be back here. It was a lot busier than we expected it. That's a me good too, thing. me too. I knew it was going to be good, but I I think because we haven't been here in since 2019, I think that's why it's such a great turnout today. So. I know the vendors have got to be happy. Like we were saying off air, they're so busy they can't talk to us. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good problem, good problem. Yes, it okay. is. I, yeah. I will never begrudge a vendor that problem. Yeah. We can talk to them at other times, but sure. oh my gosh, you've got a little bit of everything from all over the world. We saw a giraffe head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try to have something kind of like weird and creepy for everyone. So it's not just for oddities collectors, specifically. you can find like a spooky sticker or a Halloween print, stuff like that. So I think it's important to have something kind of creepy for everyone. And all over the world, like I said, we had a, we did get one interview with a young lady at uh, the Nepal Bazaar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, all the way from Nepal, authentic. Yeah. Masks and Yes, yes, yeah. I, I love their booths. It's oh, really, yeah. really neat stuff for sure. Yeah, my wife bought a singing bowl and now she just got to learn how to use right? it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's ask, Bonnie, let's ask Michelle the question. But first, you obviously got to be a big fan of horror. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love horror Halloween. Uh, yeah. Very cool. That's what you're doing. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, I like weird stuff. That's what we like. We got out of the car and walked in. We were like, hey, our people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so what's your favorite genre? I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. I honestly, like, don't watch a lot of movies. Okay. Um, I I love the, I would say, I guess, like, the, the art of work. Uh, as far as, like, I don't to watch a lot of TV. I'm going to be honest. I'm, like, way too busy for that. But I love, like, gore and well, Donnie's got a question that'll probably be right up your alley. Okay. And we do this to every guest we talk to on the show. There's no right or wrong answer. So it's entirely subjective. Okay, okay, okay. Donnie, I'll say it's just a question we do for fun. We just like to get inside the minds of our guests to see if they're as twisted as we are. All right, all right. So the question is, you are the main serial killer in your own horror film. What is your go-to kill? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> There's so many. Like, yeah. Um, God, I don't know. I want to do something like real sneaky and like weird. I can't, like on the spot. I don't know. Maybe I would like poison people. I would just like poison people. Poison people? Or I would just, I would just stab them. <laughs> <laughs> a poison 
poison on Edmonds? I'll just stab them, yeah. Because like, they're poisoning and I'm like... So, I don't know. My God. Like, that's a hard question to ask somebody. It's like you spray it on people. You're going to listen. You'll think about it. You'll get no, back and to then us. I'm like, like I got shit, I just thought of the best way to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, tell people where they can find out about more about the expo, where it's going to be next, because I know we've got listeners all over the country, and I, I'm sure a lot of them would love to attend this, this expo. Yeah, yeah. So our website, Oddities and Curiosities Expo, has all everything you possibly need. It has our full schedule of where we'll be the rest of the year, tickets available for all of the shows and the classes. Um, everything is on the website, so go there. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. For two podcasts, not just one. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. For, for myself, Donnie, and Michelle, we are the Wrestle Horror Podcast and Big Scary Show. And we're out. See you guys. Hi. Drew also told me to tell you said hello. Uh, I love Drew. He's so great. <laughs> he always comes to our Charlotte show every year. Okay, thank you. I know you're busy. No, no, thank you. Army of Walking Corpses. Crawl. On the big scary show. up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And... VFX Creates. 
We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, master of the ether muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meet Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.